grace and peace to you all from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is Monday, May 4th, week whatever of shelter in place. I stopped counting. Doesn't matter anymore. Yesterday, I ended my sermon with a phrase from one of my favorite spiritual writers, Ronald Rollheiser. Of course, Ronald Rollheiser, always Ron. When he said in his book, Sacred Fire, probably my favorite book of all time, that you can bless your way out of depression. Now, of course, that needs some qualification. I'll just be honest. That needs qualification. Qualification that I couldn't really give it at the end of my sermon because <clears throat> I was honestly trying to land the plane. Uh, at the end of the sermon, I'm not trying to like make all these qualifiers. I'm trying to land that plane. And if I was there on a Sunday, my hope is to get people to re- respond in a prayer team or prayer carpets or communion. Like that's kind of at the end of the sermon, that's what I'm trying. I'm like a mad dash to get people to to move, to respond. Now, I know that in doing that, sometimes it's confusing. I know that probably wasn't the best thing to say, to drop that on there without any qualification, because people, of course, they they think like, well, you, you can't say that. You can't just say um, that you can bless your way out of depression. That needs, I need more information, please. And if you've been to, you know, part of our church a while, you know my own struggle with depression on and off through the years, my struggles with anxiety. Um, and so... I probably was extended a lot of grace from people who've been to our church a long time and not so much from people who are new. So allow me now to give some qualification. The qualification is this. Depression is a multifaceted and very complex disease. And it's also the disease of normal people. At the same time, it's very, at one time it's like clinical and complex and a disease and on the other hand, it's also things that we say about ourselves. I feel depressed. Are you clinically depressed? Have you got that checked out by a doctor? Have you seen a psychiatrist? Well, no, I just feel depressed. It's the disease of very normal people. Now, when I, when I talk about depression as the disease of normal people, I'm not talking about in, in the clinical way right now. So let's put that aside for a second. Let's talk about the, the low feeling, the funk. The, the I can't pull myself out of this. Maybe you felt maybe you're there right now, right? Like when the sun shines and you grab your favorite takeout, shout out to Panda Express, and it's still not enough. It doesn't do it for you, right? It doesn't do it for you. And you're like, I still feel low. I still feel in a funk. Even if the city starts opening up, like today it opens up a little bit more today, but I still feel low. That feeling of what someone might describe as depression. How are you feeling? I feel, if I was honest, depressed. Though it might not be diagnosed as chronic, is that is that clinical depression? Have you got that checked out by a doctor? Well, no, I just feel depressed. Now, over the past several weeks, I personally have battled this feeling on and off. So I can speak with some authority on this. After Easter, I think I was very honest and like I was low that week. I was really low. And then coming out of that, since then been in and out of a funk, depending on the week, depending on uh, day to day. And it has nothing to do with circumstances. It has to do with the way that I feel. And it's, to be honest, it's done after, I feel that way after long mornings of prayer, wake up, I wake up very early to pray. And even then. So if you are struggling with some funk, low, even you would you would describe it as I feel depressed. And 
you're, you have guilt right now. You're like, well, if I just woke up earlier and prayed, I'll just tell you I, I'm doing that. And it's not, you know, it doesn't do what I sometimes what I think. And that's kind of the point of uh, when you're this way, you're, you're depressed. So back to Roheiser. He says this. He says, you can bless your way, though. You can bless your way out of depression. Now, the caveat I want to add, the qualification I want to add to this is, is this sentence right here or this phrase, experiment with it, try it. I always find it funny whenever I bring up depression in a sermon, I always get comments like, depression is not that simple. You can't just get rid of it that way. It's way more complex than that, as if I didn't know. I know it is, we all know it is. No one has the answer. No one, no one has a silver bullet to depression. We all know that. So all the, you go to the doctor. If you went to the doctor right now, they don't have a silver bullet. They may use medication. They may use walks, healthy eating, maybe a change in situation or something. And I don't disagree with any of that stuff. If you are chronically, clinically depressed, please reach out to your doctor. But the thing is this. How do you know that this won't work? How do you know that blessing your way can you can bless your way out of depression. Rohai just says this. He says, the way this works is that when you act like God, you get to feel like God. Now, first off, I want to say it's funny that I didn't get a single comment on that statement. And that statement is way more controversial than the one about depression. But kind of, that's the world we live in, right? Depression, clinical depression is like, is the thing you don't mess with. So anyway, he says, you get to feel like God, which is very provocative, right? You get to feel like God. Yeah. If you act like God, you get to feel like it. That's what he says. He actually says it this way. I'm going to quote him in this like longer paragraph. And I'll tell you when the quote ends. He says, quote, too often as adults, we try to do, we try to do it, meaning you try to find joy by working hard and creating pleasure, enjoyment, and delight in our own lives. We try to crank up joy and delight, meeting life with the attitude, I'm going to have a good time, whatever the cost. But what we produce is seldom joy. That's why so often we go home from a party feeling more empty than before going. Many of our attempts at creating joy and delight are really going, are really only attempts at keeping depression at bay. Our socializing tends to be forced and compulsive rather than spontaneous and fulfilling. For most most adults, excess is a functional substitute for delight. Oh my gosh, that's that phrase excess is a functional substitute for delight he goes on but here's a secret no matter how hard we try to find delight or joy we can't find them they have to find us catch us by surprise blindside us every spirituality or psychology worth its name tells us that joy and delight are always a byproduct of something else what they are byproduct of acting like god acts strange though it's that that sounds simply put when we act like God, we get to feel like God. And when we act petty, we get to feel petty. When we do big-hearted things, we get to feel big-hearted. And when we do small-hearted things, we get to feel small. Whenever we, in our own small ways, begin to imitate God's selflessness and graciousness, we begin to feel like God. But how do we do that? We act like God when we are selfless without resentment, when we give without counting the cost, when we give out of our sustenance rather than out of what we have in excess, and when we give our own lives away so that others, particularly particularly the young, can live. 
end quote. I think this podcast just turned into me reading him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to email him, ask him if I could do that. I'm just going to read him the whole time. Now this, um, I'm trying to think of an illustration, right? Because pastors do that. I think Jesus does a ton of that, gives illustrations. So uh, Jesus had um, the agrarian uh, countryside and agrarian society to pull from. We have movies. So the movie that comes to mind when I think about this um, is the movie, the I think it's early 2000s movie called About a Boy with Hugh Grant, Nicholas Holt, and Tony Collette. This movie is like one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, gosh, it's so good. Um, the mom in the movie, uh, her name is Fiona in the movie, she's depressed. Actually, the, the movie opens up with her actually trying to um, overdose. And um, and uh, her son, who's in junior high, um, finds her. And it's obviously traumatic. And from then on, he's trying to like keep his mom um, happy. And then there's a Hugh Grant character. His name is Will. And he's a narcissistic uh, a 30 or 28-year-old or thirty early 30-year-old who has everything, right? He's rich. He has trust fund kid, has everything he would ever want. And underneath, he's depressed. Underneath, during Christmas, he gets high and watches old black and white movies because he's depressed. Marcus, the boy, at the end of the movie, the whole movie is about... Um, it, the, the center of, of the movie is Marcus trying to make his mom happy and Will trying to teach Marcus that you can't make people happy. You just can't do it. It's impossible. And the movie um, kind of climaxes with um, with Marcus committing social suicide by playing at the school um, talent show, a song his mom loves. Um killing me softly and will is trying to say you can't marcus this is suicide you will die a thousand deaths if you get up there and sing that lame song in front of your peers you can't do it and marcus says i have to do it because i want to make my mom happy and will says you can't make your mom happy if you can make people happy then they can also make you sad and marcus says yeah that's how it works that's how life works and he gets out there anyway and he does it and then Will goes out there and helps him, and Mom shows up and watches it. And there's this scene where it's this boy who's willing to sacrifice his his social life to serve his mom, to love his mom, to show his mom how much he cares. And it, it actually, this act of self-sacrifice and blessing saves Mom and Will. That's the movie. Okay, it's a movie. It's a movie. But I think it illustrates this well of... You, the, both mom and Will, who are depressed and narcissistic, and actually both depressed, had to see life at the center of Marcus, this boy. Life is happening right here. Life is happening. And they have to get involved in it. And they have to get involved in it in a way that's self-sacrificial. They have to get involved in it. And by getting involved, it pulls them it pulls them out of narcissism and somewhat of depression. I mean, the movie, she, she has to go to therapy and all that stuff, which I think is so right and true. So I'm not trying to give... The authoritative statement on how to get yourself out of depression, you know, sing a song for your mom. That's not what I'm saying. But the essence is there. The essence of getting involved. And that was, I think that was my point in yesterday's sermon, was I want our entire church, every single person 
I don't want you to miss the forest through the trees. I don't want you to get caught up on me opening up the sermon with talking about communism and then closing the sermon talking about depression. You get caught up on the on the margins when the center of it was get involved in someone's life. One person. Ask God to put one person on your heart and get involved in their life. Ask how they're doing. How can I pray for you? This person that God puts on your heart might not have a financial need. They might not be out of work. They might actually have more work than they know what to do with. But God still put them on your heart so you be obedient and reach out to them. At the heart of this, at the heart of yesterday's teaching, is our church getting activated in the lives of others. And what we might find, maybe, is that the funk, the low that that we feel sheltered, when we feel our life stopped in some ways, we begin to see it lifting as we actually focus on other people, as we focus on other people. Because if we act like God, there's a part of that where we get to feel like God. And this is what Rollheiser is getting at. This is not the cure for depression. I don't know if there is a cure It may be one of the things that many of us live in and out of our entire lives. But like with any other pain, as we grow in maturity, we may see inside our own pain invitations of God to become more like Him and step into pain like Jesus did time and time again for the sake of others. Peace be with you today.